thought Derby to be podcast uh, Corona, this Corona specials. We've been doing one. We were trying to do one every day, but I've had to go back to fairly normal life of actually going to work and doing something proper. <laughs> so this is the twenty second one I think we've done with different different people. We've got two special guests today. Um, the special for me because it's my uh, my actual love, my first true love, cricket. We've got first of all. I don't even know how to introduce you. How would you describe yourself, Fletch? Jobbing journalist. <laughs> <laughs> Jobbing journalist and uh, BBC Radio Derby's cricket commentator. The voice of Derbyshire cricket. Dave the voice. <laughs> yeah, I'm very well, thanks, Fletch. Yeah, I would never introduce myself like that, but it's very kind of you. P- people do, and I think it's, it's, it's partially in jest, but it's a very kind of... Uh, Kind of people to think that I am the voice of Derbyshire. It's been it's been a, it's been a great four four years. I think it's four years that I've been covering this. But if if your second guest has been captain for four years and this will be his fifth, then I've been doing it for four years. <laughs> yeah, let's find out because uh, you've been top trumped um, on the uh, cricketing guest stakes today because we've also got Derbyshire captain Billy Goderman. How are you, Bill? Good, thanks, Blake. How are you uh, how are you coping with with everything at the minute? I'm doing okay, thanks, Blake. Um, fortunate that immediate family um, are, are all healthy. So yeah, we're really just grateful for that at the moment. Um, but no, really well. And and if I can take this opportunity, firstly to say special good morning to the to the voice of uh, Derbyshire cricket, Fletch. Um, morning, Bill. I, I I can say that. Um, and just just to you, Blake. Uh, congratulations for uh, your success um, with this podcast and the content that you're that you're getting out. You're doing a fantastic job, mate. Hopefully, oh, I thank can, you very much. Hopefully, I can add a little bit to it. We were 24 in the in the charts um, for about four and a half hours, and then when I checked afterwards, it was 103. But <laughs> I did manage to get a screenshot. Top, so top 25. We yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for for coming on and. Uh, I've kept you waiting a little bit because I've been at work this morning and been snowed under. So I apologise for keeping you uh, no, keeping you both waiting. I'm going to start from the beginning with your career, Bill, and sure. Fletch is here as well. The 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 font of the cricket knowledge. He'll probably he's going to have his own questions as we go. So if if we if we go right from the very start, how was it that you first got got involved with with cricket? My, my earliest memories are through my uh, through my dad. So my dad was um, a a good club cricketer um, that I would, from well, the age of memory serves me, go and watch him on a Saturday and Sunday play. Um, I suppose like most young children, I, I picked up a bat and, and a ball and I was reasonably good and thought I quite enjoy this. So, yeah, that's that's where it all, uh, the foundation was from. Was there an age where you kind of realised I'm quite, I'm quite good at this? Because I know you got into the... Middlesex second eleven quite early, didn't you? Was it thirteen or something like that? Was it was there an age where you kind of you realised I'm I'm pretty good at this. I can I can make something of this. I don't, I, I wouldn't say that early. Although retrospectively, you with the the, the early um, and quick development I had as a youngster, you'd look back and and assume that was the case. But I think until I started playing. Professionally, I, I really just played for the love and fun of the game. Um, the fact that I was able to 
um, like in junior cricket, spend quite a lot of time out there batting. It, it was more to fulfil the the enjoyment and the and the love of the game rather than um, having any real understanding. I was like particularly good at it, if that makes sense. I yeah. think you could have been. I think you could have been a rock star, Bill. I've been doing a little bit of uh, a bit of research. It's not like me, but uh, <laughs> you we went go. to is you went to Islington Green School, which, which doesn't yeah. strike me as necessarily being a cricketing school, for one. You, you could yeah. correct me. But also going to that school, Paloma Faith, yeah. who was there before you. And kids from that school were used, I know, in the Pink Floyd, another brick in the wall, weren't they? They were indeed. That's, um, that, just, just to sort of give a, a sort of background as to your pre-cricketing life. Yeah, and just, just on that, from where my... Um, from where my nan, who I was particularly close with uh, before she passed away, lived, you could look out from her um, balcony, which is one of the high-rise um, council estates right next to the school, and you could see the actual studio that some of the Floyd albums were recorded in the wow. mid to, to late 70s. So um, they, are, they are also uh, my favourite group as well. I'm sure you know, Fletch. Right. So, yeah, um, yeah, very important. Um, and yeah, yeah. To to answer your question, to sort of pre cricketing days, it was school life was was very much um, not really centred around the academic side. To be honest with you, um, it was very much social and sport um, f- for me personally. Um, I yeah, I, I love knocking around with my with my friends and, and mates. Um, and I love playing sport and really school was just a vehicle uh, for, for both of them outlets really Fletch is the most diplomatic way that I can put it across and I know that you you, you won't have done this because knowing the character that you are you won't have done this but I typed Billy Godlam in Google today and there's an article that comes up from the Daily Telegraph in 2004 uh, it was the Bunbury Festival under 15s best under-15 batsmen they'd seen for 10 years. So even at that age, you were showing an awful lot of promise. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a lot of uh, a lot of smoke and um, a, a lot of praise when I was uh, like coming through junior ranks. And as, as Blake mentioned earlier, I played second 11 cricket at a very young age, um, an early teenager. Um uh, and and my first class debut for Middlesex as as a 16 year old. So he had a lot of hype and a, and a lot of smoke uh, uh, blown in in my direction. Um, but yeah, at, at the time, Fletcher, it, it was very much me fulfilling the the love and passion of of hitting the ball and, and trying to score hundreds. Is that is that smoke blowing as you describe it? Is that difficult to handle at such an early age? Because you were still still developing um again look it's looking back on it now from having just turned 30 uh, and having quite a bit of distance from from that period I, I don't think it it had too much or any effect consciously on me uh, because I was able to continue to, to to play well and it didn't really hamper my performances but I think what it did undoubtedly do is um, create a very high expectation externally 
Um, and internally to me, um, as I started to progress into the professional game, um, cause even the start of my professional career, it was, it was very successful for, for the first 12 or 18 months. Um, and like any career and in, in any walk of life, you do hit, um, points of, of failure and, and hardship. And when I hit that, I find it very difficult to manage because I hadn't really experienced it before. Some of us, uh, it's failure and hardship all the way through your career, Bill, so you don't worry about that. <laughs> do you, um, Bill, do you feel, do you feel like you could have maybe achieved more for Keith Tonjo? Without, it sounds disrespectful to get someone on a podcast to say, do you, do you feel like you could have achieved more, could, but with being better. tipped for England? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know, like being tipped for England and, and like, you, I think you went on tours and that with like England under 16s and whatnot, just, do you feel like you could have, maybe gone a, a level more or do you think some of the or you maybe developed earlier as and younger as a player or or was it the the hype around you was it unjustified no I've, i think i um i am where i am and, and i've traveled the path that, that i have um so i am a believer in that you you are where you where you're meant to be in, in my career if i um if i was meant to or had the opportunity to play for England um, before in my career, I, w- I would have done so. That hasn't been the case. Um, and, and I've really just tried to look at my career, the, the good times and the bad times, as opportunities to learn, develop and grow, implement that to what I have currently and hopefully keep extending my career. I've not really looked back and and thought um, like I should have played for England or I could have played for England. Um, you should never really look back and regret, should you? You should look back and learn, which given the players that you've played with, and I've listened to a, a different podcast that you did with, uh, with Tony Palladino and Blake, mm. and you picked your the, the 11 and the, the players that you played with in the past were mentioned, and you played with the likes of and opened the batting with Alistair Cook and Andrew Strauss. And, and, and you said something quite telling in that is that Perhaps at the time you weren't old enough to appreciate exactly what was happening to you. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment, Fletch. Um, I think more, I would say it was more the, um, the maturity and the emotional maturity to have made the most of them early opportunities and just like the how big um and good some of the characters that I played with I don't think I was quite able to to make the most of that as um a, a more of a brash 17 18 year old something must have gone in though because you're still playing first class cricket now and you're captain of one of one of 18 county captains so something must have gone um, well, I'd like to think so, because then otherwise I've literally just wasted 15 years of trying to, <laughs> to to learn from the from the failures and the good times. And, and as I said, like throw it into the mix and, and try and make it inform sort of my next days. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they did um, like some of the, the great players that I've rubbed shoulders with. Undoubtedly, I've, I've tried to to take what I could at the time from them and 
uh, and throw it into the mix um, of my own thoughts and game and, and keep trying to develop. Can um, can you remember making your debut? Who was it against? First class debut. Yes, I can. First class debut was against Cambridge at Fenners. Um, and I shared a car ride with um, Middlesex and England legend John Embry, who was a, a big influence in, in the early part of my career. He was head coach at the time. Um, and he drove myself and um, former teammate and, and close friend Stephen Finn down to make our debuts. Um, and anyone that knows Embers loosely to relatively well knows that he's not shy of the odd expletive um, and he's a very funny man. So um, that was a, an, an education um, <laughs> and, and a fun trip and a memory in itself. Did you get any runs? Uh, yeah, I did. I made 69, I believe, 67 or 69. Um, and I, I remember being filthy inside that we declared, I think if I'm right, if memory serves me correct, that was third innings of the game. And I hadn't batted in the first innings because the big boys, uh, made hay. There was a few first class hundreds knocking around. Um, and we declared, I think, bold Cambridge out, and then the third end of the game, I was promoted to open, um, and I remember being on 60-odd night and then getting called in. I, I didn't I didn't know that that was, that, that was what we were intending to do, and I, I remember thinking inside, yeah, I was, I was filthy about not having the opportunity to, to try and make a century. <laughs> who was it? Who was it you did that to at Swansea? Was it Harvey? Or, or, or <laughs> well, do you know what? That's Joseph, one. Joseph, that is one Joseph way of looking at it. Joseph, if, learned, Bill. Well, do you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and, I'm gonna try and diplomatically defend myself here. You know, there, <laughs> don't, there no, is, you don't need to. Don't need to. No, no. Just, just. I, I would like to then. Um, <laughs> it, uh, an, another, um, another perspective to that situation that Dan uh, in in Swansea was that. Yeah, Harvey was very clear on how many overs we were looking to bat at the start of the day. And it was very much, he had the autonomy whether he wanted to bank his knot out or um, play a little bit higher risk strategy and try and get a first class hundred. And um, I think by observing the way he played, he went for the knot out, which is good on him. No, absolutely. Yeah, the difference there being that you didn't know when he did. And I'm only pulling it. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. You, you, you mentioned there, with, um, Stephen Finn, that at, at that time, and again, this is uh, this is all thanks to Doctor Google. Um, you two became the youngest first-class debutants for Middlesex, beating yeah. Fred Titmus, who's an absolute legend. In yeah, the game. Legend. But we had Stephen Finn on commentary. I think it was last season. It might have been the season <laughs> before. I'm not sure. Uh, down at Lords, yeah. and he's. His terrific value, and he, he was the, the basic gist of it was that that you and him, he would spend hours in the nets bowling, and mm. that suited you because you quite liked spending hours in the nets batting. Yeah, and that was um, that wasn't just like a professional friendship as well, like away from away from the nets and, and cricket, we would spend all our time together, um, being in the same school year and um, cricket teams all the way up not being too far geographically, 
finished from that sort of North London Watford way. Um, yeah, we were two young cricketers that absolutely loved the game, wanted to get better, eat, breathe, sleep, slept cricket. Um, and yeah, they were, yeah, some of my most fondest and, um, and dearest memories of formative years growing up with, uh, uh, with Finney both on and off the field. What in the end made, forced the move or made you move from Middlesex, where obviously you've, you've come through the rank, had a lot of good colleagues and good mates and, and moved to Essex. Was it just a, was it, was it a need? Did you, you felt you need, you needed to make that move? Um, no, it was, there, there was two, um, there were two main reasons I decided to move Fletch. Uh, the primary one was I was in a rush, um, in my own career. Um, I, I was at the time, I, I look back now and, and, and laugh at the naivety, but like, I wanted to play for England and I wanted to play for England and I thought I could soon. Um, and I believed at the time the best way to do that was um, to play somewhere else and the opportunity to go and open the batting with Sir Alistair at, at Essex and work with um, one of, if not our greatest batsmen of all time, Graham Gooch, is, who had a, a, a big influence and coaching role at, at the club at the time. Um was something that I thought was was the best next step, um, and I think also an, another factor that shouldn't be overlooked was that my family actually about eighteen months, twenty four months previous had moved from central London and had relocated in North Essex, so um, I was living or like I had been living on my own since just turned sixteen. Um, and I think somewhere, um, although I might not have wanted to admit it at the time, I wanted to get back closer with, with my family. So I think if you throw that all into the melting pot and the fact that I was a 18 or 19 year old kid, basically, that uh, didn't have a huge amount of worldly wise uh, experience, um, made a huge decision actually looking back at it now on, on my career but they were my reasons and, and my logic at the time <laughs> that seems perfectly reasonable just before you moved or not long before you moved you were in the England under 19 setup, obviously mm-hmm. uh, and 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 scored pretty heavily there I mean you, you went past some some notable figures including Sir Alistair you've already mentioned and Nick Knight Scothic, Michael Vaughan all names that, that people even with a passing interest in cricket, will know. So um, again, it was it was all sort of mounting up on you. It almost almost added pressure the fact that you were you were doing so well at that young age. Yeah, I just had like a, a really successful under nineteens career, which I think only added to the to the hype and, and the smoke. But still, at that time in my career, Fletch, although I'd played a little bit of first class cricket, I still hadn't experienced any any real failure so at the time it was it, it was just what what I'd done I, I was just used to going out there and scoring runs um, so I think really the the first major hurdle in my career came just a little bit after that 
um, when I started to experience uh, failure and not really knowing how to to manage that both from a technical aspect and from an emotional aspect as well. I've never ever in a in a very average or less than average village cricket career been able to bat at all. It just it baffles me completely. But it it it's a, I would suggest that that failure is is failure is a strong word, but it's quite a large part of a. Of a, of a batsman's life, isn't it? Really, you get you get the one chance, and uh, if if you are out, then you've got to wait a while for another one. Whereas those bowlers, yeah, it's easy. It's easy. Isn't it? <laughs> bowlers game, Fletch. Well, six, yeah, six, six, not, six, not, six chances not, and over. You you boys have got not entirely what most professional bowlers <laughs> tell. Me. Although Tony Palladino did suggest that uh, that he had been helped by the uh, the Derbyshire pitch over the years, um, we'll probably get to the Derbyshire pitch a bit later on. What was it like at Essex? Then you talked about Gooch and you talked about Cook. I mean, it was a good side, wasn't it? They they'd been a strong side for a long time. Yeah, strong side um, and a, a strong history as well. Um, it was a it was a smaller, more um, family uh, contactable sort of club um which was different to, to playing at lords for um since, since a, y- a young child um so it was a change in that regard but yeah it was I, I remember getting there and actually starting quite nicely the first third of the season and then i hit a um i hit a block of of, bla- of bad form and i remember like it suddenly hitting me that like wow i'm I don't really know how to to amend this or 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 get back on the get back on the on the wagon and, and score some runs and and I was looking around thinking I haven't got my familiar uh, coaches and people that have known me from from a from a child or a, a support network that sort of understood or knew me more as as a person um, and I remember that being really daunting realizing that actually now as a 19 20 year old I, I was actually essentially employed to provide a service <laughs> for a county cricket club quite a good, big and good one um and i wasn't sure at some stages what end of the bat to hold so uh, as you can imagine that was like that was quite a scary uh scary feeling that felt like it just came at the, at the flick of a switch how do you how do you get through that as a as a batsman? Well, have you got a method now where you if you have a a few bad innings and you, you like you say you don't know which end of the bat to hold and you, you like dreading walking out there? Is it is there a way you can pull yourself out of that and try and find some form? Is it little targets or? Well, I, do you know what? I, I don't. I, I didn't do that at Essex because I, I I played. I played quite a bit for Essex and I, I, I managed to score some centuries and, and make some contributions. But on the whole, it, it felt and, and it was from a bat, batting perspective, um, there were a lot of failures. Um, and although that was really difficult at the time and from uh, I'm assuming from Essex point of view, they they brought me in to provide the service that they were expecting to have and, and I wasn't able to give that because I, I wasn't developed enough in my game or, or as a person at the time um, but that that three years and the first year when I came up to Derby I think well not, I don't think I know that 
um, working through them hard times and, and as I said previously, trying to learn from what didn't work, what did work and then having the courage to keep going out there and, and facing up to the new ball each day. Um, I felt like I learned a lot in, in that period and, and it's been a real sort of springboard, a springboard for some of my, um, consistency over, over recent times in, in my career. Quite a big leap of faith to go from Essex, having gone there from Middlesex, reasonably close to come up to, uh, come up to Derby. Yeah. What was yeah, your, was... was... Sorry, Fletch, I interrupted you. No, 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 I was just going to say, what, what, what was you thinking there? Obviously, you want to play somewhere, and, and everybody understands that, and there are only well, 36 opening bat slots available in the county championship. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's, not as, it's, not, it's not as if there's a huge choice, if you like. Mm, no, of course. And, and that, that decision at the time was... Um, yeah, there were two main factors in that. One was... Uh, at that stage, I felt where I'd been in and out of the, of the team at, um, at Essex, I just wanted to play as much cricket um, across all formats as well. I hadn't really played much white ball cricket for Essex. Um, and having been someone that was always um, successful at that in the early stage of, of my career, um, to not have that opportunity, I think that put a lot more pressure and expectation on me playing Red Bull cricket against a new ball and it actually um, it encouraged me to, to be more of a defensive style of, of player because I, I knew I was only going to be playing against the Red Bull. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the opportunity that, that, that Derby were, um, were offering me to come and play um, at that stage of my career, it, it was a no-brainer. I just wanted to play as much cricket as possible um, the, the other factor and, and the, 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 the big factor really was um, Dave Houghton and, and Carl Cricken. Uh, at the time I, I'd known um, David coached me uh, from from quite a young age and, and we all had already had a, um, a, a working relationship and he's someone that I always really enjoyed both on and off the, the cricket like his wealth of experience and also his his humour and his way of, of passing on, on information was something I always wanted to be around. So when um, when Dave and Crick made contact and, and said, look, we'd really like you to be a part of things up in Derbyshire, um, aligned with the opportunity to play, it, it was yeah, it was it was a no brainer for that. Was that that was their first well their season in the first division your first season is that right that's right yes it was yeah which was, so was 2013 that's right quite a baptism then for you because it was a, it was a side that I'm not sure how many people expected them to go up but they went mm. up very successfully indeed I think they were ahead of Yorkshire weren't they in the in the second division mm, and towards the end of that season it seemed they really got into the stride was that was that how your first season went or did you hit the ground running no no I I, I actually I struggled in that first year um, for yeah like a few varying reasons one I'd actually made that winter I'd made quite a few technical changes to my game um, which at the time intellectually I thought they sounded good on paper um, 
but I, uh, yeah, I, I underestimated a how they would actually work for me and all I'd done like years previous, uh, and two how difficult that transition would be to then go and start using it at the, the top level in first class cricket. Um, and then also we were playing against some some top quality Division One bowling attacks. The England boys were were knocking around, um, and at home we played on really sporty wickets, which obviously makes the to bat in the top three it makes it a little bit more difficult than it already is. So I think all them things thrown into to the melting pot, and and at that stage I still was finding finding my way through that that tricky three or four years I'd had previous. Um, yeah, the, the first year in, in Division 1 or the first half a year that I played before I was dropped um, was, yeah, was really difficult. And, that, and that's actually, Fletch, the first time I'd really contemplated that cricket wasn't going to work out and to try and broaden my horizons um uh, broaden my horizons a bit, um, which in doing so was looking back retrospectively one of the the, the best gifts or learnings that, that I had. Well, you can be too immersed in something, can't you? Mm. You can be so single-mindedly focused on one yeah. thing that almost, <clears throat> excuse me, almost everything else doesn't matter when really it does matter. Yeah, without doubt. And, and at that stage, I was what say mid mid. 20, mid 20s or 23, 24, 25. For, for 10 years, all I've done is for 12 months of the year, travelled the world and played cricket. And at that point, I, I believe that it was quite a simple equation. The more balls I hit, the more time I thought about cricket or spoke about cricket or practised cricket, then it was a simple equation that would follow more runs. <laughs> um, but yeah, my experience. I can't speak on on behalf of other people, and I'm not overlooking hard work and repetitions on your on your given skill. But once I started to look um, at cricket ending and looking at things away from cricket, um, it really broadened my horizons and and diversified me as a as a human being. Really, I, I started to look at other areas that. Um, stimulated my sort of my brain and, and my mind and it took quite a lot of heat away from from going out to play cricket and uh, and performing and, and suddenly cricket wasn't the be-all and, and, and end-all and I found that really helpful Fletch. Certainly worked because obviously just three years later 2016 when when Mads decided to step away from the captaincy mm you were the man that they turned to had you always envisaged yourself being a captain did you, did you always see yourself as a leader uh, I'd never um, I'd never been in the context of Derbyshire no that actually hadn't crossed my mind at all um, Mads broke a thumb or a finger the year before um, so it had been the year before uh, 2015 before you started covering things um, on a full-time basis, Fletch. And I'd stepped in for Wayne the month that he was away. Um, and, well, by all accounts, and, and I, I must have shown something in, in that time for me to be thought of when Wayne decided that he no longer wanted to, to, to do to do the role. Um, but in the, in the context of my 
Derbyshire career, it, it's something that even after having that month's experience and, and jumping in Wayne's shoes for a little bit, I, I had no urge or, or thought that A, I want to do it or B, that I could even do it. Um, however, earlier on in my career, having generally been one of the better, if not best players going through all the age groups, I remember at times being dumbfounded how I'd never been asked or lent on to to be the captain of the team, ever. I know now why, looking back, because I was most probably a, a, a loose cannon and a liability. But at the time, I remember, I remember thinking, how, how am I not, how am I the captain of all these teams? I couldn't, like, what's going on here? So I think deep down somewhere, Fletch, there was, like, I, I, I would, it would be. It wouldn't be accurate of me to say that I'd never thought about captaincy because because I had, but in in the terms of my Derbyshire career, I hadn't at that time though. Talk about Wayne breaking a bone in his hand when I first met you. Your hand was in plaster because you'd broken a bone right, uh, in yeah. the net. I think so. You missed the start of that 2016 season, which um, which wasn't which wasn't looking back. And I think you did mention this with uh, with Tony the other day. It wasn't a, a, a glowing success, was it really? 2016, oh, it was it was difficult at times. No, it was. It was really, really difficult, Fletch. Especially as uh, at the time I was a um, a young and and new and inexperienced captain. And all you want is to get a, a win or two, um, and try and build some some momentum and, and confidence. And yeah, we didn't win a game for the whole season. And, and as you know, Fletch, we didn't just get beat. We were getting annihilated. Um, and it was, yeah, it was really, it was really tough work. Um, not only trying to do my best in supporting um, teammates individually and doing the right thing as, as captain, um, but also for... Like to keep my own energy and, and performance up to go and do a difficult job as it is opening the batting was um, yeah some of my some of my my work and my innings across that time although I might not have been as consistent as I would have liked to have been to have kept up um, some sort of sense of, of form and um, a, a match winning help to the teams with with all that going on in the background I, I was very that why I'm very proud of. You've you've been a you've been a captain now for what four seasons. You've done four seasons. Yeah. Is it, although would this be the fourth? What would you say makes a good cricketing captain? You've obviously been in a lot of a lot of dressing rooms and been around the game for for a, a few years now. From from youth going upwards, what would you say makes a a good cricket captain? What well, look if I can slight if I can reframe the question a little bit. To one that I'm more comfortable answering is that yep. I, I I I don't know what makes a, a great captain. Um, I think there's a lot of different ways to to do anything, Blake. Um, personally, how I view it and and try to do my job to the best of my ability is um, first and foremost, if for me, if appropriate and time allows, and cricket games don't always allow time especially in the t20 format is uh, i'm a big believer in um more more voices and more 
thoughts and ideas are, are better than just mine. So, as I said, when time allows and it's appropriate, I do try and get as much um, information from how varying people are seeing the game, the season, the team, um, our path moving forward. And I'll throw that up against my own opinion um, and then I'll take sole responsibility for the decision I make, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So that's that's important. The, the other two things are um, I, I always try and um, I always try and treat someone as I would like to be treated in that given situation. Sometimes that's really difficult. I find it difficult, especially when you got to have quite a quite a frank chat with someone. Um, but I do always try and push myself to to make sure that. Um, that I'm that I'm doing that, um, and most importantly, me, most importantly to me, Blake, something that I, I um, um, it's a non-negotiable is I will be me. Um, I, I've I've been obviously given the role for for whatever reason. Um, for for me to to not be myself in the process of being captain, or just because now I've got although it's a really privileged and honourable title as captain, for me then not to be myself um, wouldn't fit right with me. And I don't think that is right for the role. So if I was giving one piece of advice to any captain is you've got to do it as an extension of, of yourself as a person. If you try and be someone else or what other people want you to be, um, I, one, I don't think it works, and and two, I think it can be it be quite draining. I could imagine as well. Yeah, and you've got to learn how to uh, how to deal with the questions in that first year. A lot of the questions were were around not winning a game, but you fronted it up. Every, <laughs> you you fronted it up every single time. You always but you always make reference to that, Fletch. You uh... to your eternal credit, um, but it must make. What's happened subsequently all the sweeter because you can see the progress that Derbyshire County Cricket Club's making. Um, yeah, without without a shadow of a doubt, um, from the from that particularly that 2016 season, um, and off the top of my head now, I can't think of who else was in that team. Fletch, myself, Wayne, Tone, Critch played a little bit. Yours would have played Chesley a bit. Yeah, I'm thinking of players that are still in in the squad still now. Who are still here now? Uh, that'd probably be about it. Yeah, so yours, four. Or, yours? Yeah, yours. So so four or five guys that um, played through that period. Um, it, for me personally, as captain, it, it it's although it was horrible at the time, it, it's actually made me even more determined. And and when we do get in a situation in a game where you can, you think it's one, or um, you think everything's running smoothly. If you if you can think back to then times where we were we're getting beat up on on the road away at places like Glamorgan and Leicester and Northampton, um, it quickly shakes me up to to not taking anything for granted and uh, and keep trying to progress. And and as you mentioned, Fletch, that's, that is what I feel, and I know the club has done over. Over the years after that, um, we've we've made some small incremental um, steps on 
on how we play all three forms of cricket. And I'd like to think that's been shown in, in uh, some of our results as well. Your captaincy wasn't across the board to start with. T20, yeah. you weren't the captain, which always, I know a lot of counties do it, but it always seems slightly strange to me. And in fact, uh, whichever season it was, was it two, three seasons ago, you weren't even in the side. Mm. That, did that make you all the more determined to get into the side, if you like, knowing that, that, that that's really what you wanted to do? You spoke about, you know, leaving various clubs because you wanted to play in all formats of the game. You wanted to play in, even in the shortest game. Yeah, and I, I, I couldn't understand why I wasn't playing in all honesty, right. Fletch. Like, whether I was captain or not, I, I, I think I, I'd like to think then and hopefully still now I'm in one of the, the top six batsmen at the club. So to, to, to not get the opportunity to, to play for, for whatever the reasons were made, um, was, uh, yeah, that was, it was disappointing. Um, but again, when you then run that up against some of the, uh, it's all relative to, to, to people, um, run that up against some of the experience I'd had in previous years, not being picked in a T20 team was, was minor really to what I felt like I'd worked through and, and experienced. So, um, uh, yeah, I think I was was able to to look at it differently to to how I may have done five, six, seven years previous, and and, and try and use it as a as an opportunity to just keep getting better as a player, Fletch. And T Twenty wise, you um, last season was was one of the mo- most successful seasons the club's had in in recent modern history, and a real memorable season for everyone, particularly me, because it's. Uh, Get to finals day. Here's how I've seen Derby. Derby's been to a final yeah. or a finals day. What what went right um, last, um, last season to to have that success and and to get so close to to get into the final? Um, look, I, I think I think it's a lot of people ask me that, Blake, and my answer is always like, we're actually a good team. <laughs> um, we've got some really good cricketers. In my opinion, we've got. Um, all round in terms of um, diversity of, of innings that are, that, are be, that are able to be played, we've got the best middle order batsman in the whole country in Wayne, in my opinion. Um, and we've got the best death bowler in the country in Ravi. And you throw into the mix um, Critch, Lewis Reese. Lewis Deploy, Alex Hughes, um, amongst others, and you, you've got a good team there. So mm. um, I, I think first and foremost that the fact that we've got that group of players t- together, and we, we'd had um, a little bit of time before that to to get to know each other, because we'd had a lot of changes from 2016. Fletch would back me up on this. We, we'd also almost run through three sets of squads is it fair to say Fletch so I think the culmination of um, actually we're a decent team Blake with with lots of skill um, and the fact that we'd had a period of time together and and got to know each other I think that sort of aligned to to give us a good opportunity to to go to go far or go to finals day particularly in the T20 just to go back to the captaincy, it must be important 
to have so many players who can do so many things for you. When you think about, you know, Alex Hughes, who, who last season, particularly his bowling along with, with Matt Critchley just outside the, mm. just outside our play was essential. You've got Lewis Reese, who not only opens the batting, but could open the bowling as well and things like that. And you, you, you bat quite deep, but you also bowl quite high. Yeah. Haven't we covered um, a, a, a lot of a lot of bases, um, and I, I think I do still think that um, at times teams uh, do underestimate us. Um, maybe less so now, having played the way that we that we did last year. But um, you do get the sense sometimes, particularly against some of the bigger counties, they 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 feel like they're they deserve to win before you've you've even bowled a ball. So, um, yeah, I think that thrown into the mix as well, as well Fletch. And 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 I'm, I must I must take this this time as well to add that the for me the the influence and introduction of of Dave Houghton back at the club um, for me is has been has been really important in that he's just steadied steadied the ship so to speak we, we'd had a lot of movement over the the previous five or six years and to have someone that has the sort of diversity of diversity of, of experience that Dave has as a coach and he's mild and, and calm manner as 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 a bloke um I, I don't yeah I don't think that should be overlooked as well in in being able to, to to create some of the consistency that we've had out in the park. On the day of recording, I don't know if you follow David Griffin on Twitter. He's invaluable in my line of work because he has all the stats at his fingertips. Uh, this time, genius three years Griffin here, and what, what he does, he's <laughs> don't say that if he, if that gets back to <laughs> very good. I'll just go with very good. I'm going to clear of the word genius. You and uh, you and Lewis Reese on this day in uh, three years ago, 333 for the first wicket in the second innings against North Ants, all-time first wicket partnership and the third highest for any wicket in the county's history. And, and this sums Billy Godwin up perfectly for me. On this day in 2013, the slowest ever 50 in the UK uh, against Middlesex at Lords. 244 <laughs> balls, 323 minutes, uh, one four. Wow. I, that's almost. Uh, I mean, seeing you bat in the T20 to only hit mm. one four in any kind of innings seems. Uh, are you, it, it ought to be said that uh, you got the third fastest hundred in Derbyshire's history as well in, in 2019. So it's it's not not a one way street, but. Yeah, as an opening batsman, presumably that that's part of the job. Just looking back over your whole career, that, mm. that you have to adapt to the situation, to the wicket, to the standard sure. of bowling, uh, and therefore you can never. Some people might go out and try and smack it to all parts every time, but you must be must have to adapt. Yeah, I think well, the best players that I watch and observe are they're the most accomplished at adapting to what's in front of them. Um, so yeah, being able to adapt um, uh, as a batsman or, or any cricketer is is a, is essential um, if you want consistency, because the conditions unfortunately don't always favour your specific skill all the time. Um, but what I would also add is I think that's a real 
um, it reveals a lot my or where I was particularly in, in my mindset and in my life at the time uh, that innings it, it was my 2013 season so I just started at Derby I desperately wanted to do well I was still finding my my own way in in the game and and in life um, and my way of of dealing with that discomfort or uncertainty is to yes to to buckle down and, and fight and and dig in and be try and be the stoic opener um, but I think well I know with, with time that's not the way that I play my best cricket and thankfully I found the um, the courage to, to play in a way that, that suits me uh, and the team a, a little bit more. I'm glad I wasn't commentating anyway. Oh, you, you, you'd have, you'd <laughs> have, have you'd have a clip. Yeah, you'd have a clip, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that, Dave, because uh, our colleague um, Jonathan, Jonathan Baker, um, he's a big cricket fan. I was working with him earlier on. I said, I've got Billy Godelman on the uh, the podcast. Shall I mention the record? And he told me not to. So I'm glad I'm glad Fletch brought it because I didn't dare. <laughs> oh really? What? No, there's nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm part of me is quite proud thing, of it actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love there aren't there aren't loads of people queuing up to try and break it. Strangely enough, but um, last season for you then, Bill, uh, 2019 must must rank amongst your best, not just because of what the team did. But because of what you did, two thousand runs across all formats. I think it was four centuries, including the double last year. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a pretty good season for you as the captain and as the opening batsman. Yeah, as, as obviously it was. It was brilliant to to win games in four day cricket and um, and get to, to finals day and play really well in T Twenty cricket. Um, but at the end of the day, my my job, the reason I started playing this this game, and um, my my biggest asset to to the club is me as as an opening batsman, and yeah, to play consistent, to play consistently um, across uh, one or or two formats is um, is something that you you strive for every year. But to to be able to to have done that across all three is yeah something I'm I'm really proud of and. Um, yeah, I hope that I can continue to do that for, for many more years um, moving forward, Fletch. Hopefully sometime in 2020 as well. Oh, geez, still, yeah. uh, still very much up in the air, isn't it? Although I noticed that uh, the Football League are now saying they want to get the season completed. Everybody's talking the European football are now saying they'll have the final at the end of August. It looks, there was sort of promising signs yesterday with the official data, it's starting to look as though we're slightly more optimistic that we'll get some cricket in, in 2020 yeah. than perhaps it, perhaps it did even three or four weeks ago. Mm, yeah, it's going sure. to be, a, if and when we do get going, it's going to be really strange, isn't it? Obviously, it won't be a season recognisable in any normal kind yeah, of form. Of all the, most of the overseas players in all, almost certainly won't be here. The, the mm. various contracts being put back to, to 2021 or, or just cancelled altogether. It's, it's going to be an interesting two or three months, isn't it, when we get going? Yeah, it will be. And and no one, like you quite rightly said, Fletch, people are making and organisations are making provisional plans as they have to and quite rightly do. Um, 
but no one really knows from day to day what the future holds. Um, I suppose if we did, we wouldn't be in this position that we currently are. Um, so I, I try and be as pragmatic from from the standpoint uh, um, of cricket as I can. Um, in the uh, literally just try and take one day day at a time, Fletch, and and see what new information comes up. Um, but I can assure you, on on behalf of myself and and the lads that I'm in close, um, all in close communication with, when we get the opportunity to play, there'll be there'll be many a, an eager cricketer to to get out there and. Um, and play the game that we love. Brilliant. Um, I think we've kept you long enough, Billy, and we do really appreciate you having it. And and thank you, thank you, Fletch, as well for joining us. Just finally, Bill, could you could you pick a proudest moment of your time at Derbyshire? Oh, that's a good question, that Blake. Proudest moment. Proudest moment would. I really, really enjoyed when we beat Lancashire away from home last year in the T20. Yeah, um, I was there. I loved it. Yeah, they're an excellent team. Um, full stop. On the, in their own conditions, on their own ground, with their own crowd, that they they become even more difficult. Um, and if I remember correctly, we if we won that game, we were guaranteed the quarterfinal spot. Um, yeah. And yeah, to, to go and beat them, it was tightish in the end, but it, it was convincing in, in the context of of a T20 match. Um, I, I would say that was yeah, really that that was that was a special victory. I love that. Uh, I love that game. They, they were obviously impressed by Derbyshire as well because we've now or in, well, I don't know what it'd be like if, if when we do get going, but in the original fixture list, we've been promoted to the big Friday night slot at Old Trafford, haven't we? Well, they've, uh, they've bumped it up. Yeah, instead of the old Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon. We're prime time Friday night. That's a, that's a good Derbyshire right now. Little old Derby, little, little old Derby yeah, getting some recognition uh, finally. <laughs> Have you got a uh, a favourite moment of Billis that you've commentated on over the uh, the last four seasons? I just love um, watching him play in in T Twenty cricket. Man, obviously having scored one of the, <laughs> one of the fastest centuries for Derbyshire in red ball cricket, I love the dance down the pitch, and I especially love it not only when he, when you make contact, but when when we get a televised game and I might come home and I might watch a little bit of it afterwards, and everybody's well, what what's he doing? Oh no, that's that's what Billy Godelman does, and because we watch every game. We know how you're going to bat. Well, we think we know how you're going to bat. When you do that, it's not a surprise. And all the TV commentators who take no notice of Derbyshire are absolutely staggered. Absolutely staggered. And that always makes me smile twice because I smile at the match and then I come home and smile again when I get home. When I get home, <laughs> watch it. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Very, very, I, love watching, very... I love watching Derbyshire on the television because... People are always surprised. A mm. lot of the commentators who don't watch an awful lot of county cricket, mainly because they're they're away so much on international duty, they just don't know. And watching the watching the so I'm going off topic, and I apologise if I'm keeping you watching the draft, watching the draft for the hundred mm. when Leah's deploy was picked up, and the number of faces they were just they were just completely blank, completely blank. They had no idea who Leas was. 
And uh, fortunately, Rob Key, who does take some interest in uh, in county cricket, managed to rescue the situation for the uh, the television company because he'd actually <laughs> heard of it. I, I just love it the fact the fact that you just go under the radar. It's all that. It's a it, it's the flip side to people underestimate Derbyshire. They don't just mm. underestimate them. They don't really take any notice of them. And, mm. and I find that slightly irritating, but hey-ho. Makes it all the sweeter when we uh, turn them over, Fletch. Yeah. Exactly. And I, and I loved, on the build-up to finals day, the, the brilliant marketing team at Derbyshire with the underestimate, underestimated no more. That was kind of the, yeah. the tagline of the, the whole T20 season and the, the success they had, wasn't it? It was like little old Derbyshire mm. underestimated no more. But again, thank you very much to both of you because it's been, I've sat here as a cricket fan and just <laughs> let you go at it and been, like I was listening to a podcast, I think it's been absolutely brilliant. So thank you very much. It's uh, very kind. I appreciate um, you having me on, Blake. And Fletch, as always, absolute pleasure and uh, to chat to you. And hopefully it's not too long um, until we're face to face. Yeah, absolutely, Bill. I'll see you soon, mate. Take care. Yeah, likewise. Keep up the good work, Blake. Cheers, thank you very much. Take care, bye-bye.